Hello, everybody, and welcome into Upon Further Review, Dallas Morning News Sports Day DFW's podcast. I'm Evan Grant with Kevin Sherrington. And I'm Barry Horn, and I'd like to know what edition this is, Evan. This is edition 28. Okay. Eight, yeah. And for episode 28, we are joined by the great Ken Rosenthal of Fox Sports, who will be doing the Rangers and Astros game this week in Houston. Kenny, are you there? I'm with you. How are you guys? We are very well, Kenny. Lovely. We are happy to have you join us. Talk a little bit of Rangers and the American League West. Uh, I, I wanted to get your take immediately just on where you think this division is headed with with 13 games to play. The Astros have rebounded here, uh, and the Rangers lead this division by a game going into the, the Oakland series. Right. Well, it just seems like the series this weekend is going to have an awful lot of meaning, which will be a blast. And if I had to guess right now, I'd guess Rangers, simply because they have the lead and they're the more consistent team of late. But I don't know, guys. <laughs> it's kind of up for grabs. I must say this, though. Someone pointed out to me the other day on Twitter, a column I had written, I guess it was in spring training after Darvish got hurt. And it was about as negative a portrait of the Rangers, as you could have imagined. Basically, I wrote how far they've fallen. Who could believe this? Well, when I write my mea culpa column at the end of the year, listing all the things I've written, that will be at the top. They've come back really well, and it's been cool to see, actually. Believe me, Ken, we've all written that column. <laughs> I know. <laughs> this one was bad, Ken. I, I, you know, and you, you go into the first week of the season, and then you lose Holland, and, and for a team that loses its number one and its number two, among all the other questions, for the way they have come back, uh, I, does that speak to the work John Daniels has done, the work that Jeff Bannister has done? Uh, is it a combination of the two? Where do you see this, this this thing turning around for the Rangers? I mean, you would know this better than I. You go around the team every day. I would say Bannister has done tremendous work. There's no question about that. And he's established a tone. And he implemented this idea or, I don't know, philosophy, whatever you want to call it, a mindset. No excuses, just play. Now, Daniels, too, has had a huge role in this. Of course, he assembled the team. And the field deal is now looking much better. The Chew deal is now looking even better than it was before. And they have enough in their farm system, and had enough, I should say, to make the Hamels pay and get Griezmann as well. So whenever a team does what they're doing. It's a collective effort on who gets credit. And let's not forget, players deserve a lot of credit, too. Chu could have just mentally clapped. In fact, it looked like he was mentally clapping for a while. Fielder did great work to come back. I remember that story you did on him earlier, Evan, just his rehab and all the hard work he put in. And there are guys like Moreland as well who are making incredible contributions. And one of the things that's worth mentioning they figured out the goal. Not easy to do, not easy to do on the fly, and they did. Kenny, if you had to give out an award, the Kenny Award, to the one person in this organization, in the Ranger organization, who would you give it to? Player, manager, coach, GM, owner. Who would you give it to? Wow. Who gets the first Kenny? First Kenny. How about Colby Lewis? Wow. That's an inspired choice. 
And I'm not saying it because he's the greatest pitcher on earth. He's not. But that guy has been there. He is steady. He was steady when they needed him early in the season to be that guy. So I'm going to go off the board with Colby. I, I, listen, I think that's a uh, that's a fine choice given the fact that they were out a number one and a number two. Yep. Colby is pushing 200 innings. That here he is at the age of 36 on that hip and with that arm. Uh, and, and people can poo-poo wins all they want, but this is a guy who's going to end up with 17, 18 wins before the end of the season. So, uh, And I think he's put himself in position for this club to want to and almost need to, I think, bring him back for more rotation depth in 2017. Agreed. And is he slashing? No. But he's been very consistent, and there's a lot of value simply taking the ball and giving your team quality innings. He's done that. So... He's the Kenny winner. Let me ask you, Kenny, about the this race in the West. There is, seems to be a perception in Houston, and certainly among uh, the Astros, but I think among the media as well, that uh, the uh, the Astros are clearly the superior team to the Rangers and that the uh, Rangers are just overachieving. I believe that word was used even maybe by uh, a couple of Astros last week. What is your take on that? That is not right. <laughs> The Astros are a good team. They're a very smart team. And we can run through their flaws, starting with their strikeouts, continuing with their poor road performance, any number of things, really, we could point to. Their pitching has been very good. That's been a surprise. And that probably is why anyone who said that is saying that. But at this point, the Rangers are a different team than they were on July 15th. And even June and May 15th. So, I don't know how you can call them an overachieving team. In baseball, it's 162, man. You are who you are at the end. And I, people have been saying this about the Twins all year in a much more derogatory way than people talk about the Rangers. They're overachieving. They're going to regress. They're not good. They win games, folks. And that is the bottom line here. So would I take the Twins over, say, the Blue Jays in the series? No. Do I think the Twins will make the playoffs? No. But here they are. It's late September, and they're still in this thing. Hey, Kenny, you mentioned that the Rangers are a different team now than they were on July 15th, and that's that's evident for everybody to see. And and, and we all know what John Daniels did in, in, in trading for Cole Hamels and getting getting the bullpen pieces. But, Kenny, is there, is there a tornado outside your window there? No, it's just New York City. Another okay. day. But <laughs> did – I think there is some perception that somehow J.D. kind of revolutionized the trade deadline by looking to add pieces that were going to help him this year and long-term. What is the outside view of the way the Rangers handled the trade deadline with, with kind of a, long, a, a long-term long view? I don't know that i call it revolutionary. And I can't think ever off the top of my head about deals that were similar to Hamels. But certainly teams have made deals with players that would be beyond with them beyond one season. Now, most often it's been like a David Price trade last year where you get him for the rest of one season and then the next, and not a long-term situation like Hamels. But the Dodgers, when they got Adrian Gonzalez, there's an example of several long-term pieces coming aboard. So I don't know that I would say he revolutionized it, but he took advantage of it. And he was wise enough to see that the Phillies were in a tough spot. They needed players. And in the inclusion of Matt Harrison helps with the money part of it. So 
from all of those perspectives, we don't know how this deal is going to work out. Hamels can be hurt next year, and all the players that they traded, Williams, Osara, et cetera, could turn out to be really good. But at the same time, that was an aggressive move and a move that did help propel them this season as well as set them up for the next step. Is that is that a move you would have made? Do you do you agree with that move, or or you like to keep pieces around forever in the minor leagues? I like moves like that. Now, I say that I've never seen Nick Williams play. I've never seen Asaro play. We've seen Thompson a little bit, been in the big leagues a little bit, and I haven't seen the other pitcher either. So, for me to judge this and say, "Well, this was a good move or bad move," that would be taking it a little bit beyond my level of knowledge. At the same time, this idea of holding on to prospects forever until they wilt or produce, sometimes that's a good idea. Joey Gallo's going to be a good player for them to appear. And sometimes, as with so far, it can bite you. Kenny, before we let you go, I think one of the things that you do, and this is not I'm not going to look for any deep analysis here, but one of the things that you do when you appear on games is is wear a bow tie, which neither of us in this studio could pull off. And 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 I think it's a great idea that that it's always um, uh, tied to some kind of charity. And, and this week's charity uh, is is Texas and and somewhat Rangers oriented. Um, can you give us a little bit of background there? Yes, it's for the Do It Furtherette Foundation, and you guys, of course, do Richard far better than I. And there are some ties that I wear, obviously, that represent national charities. Often it speaks to me, one. It's a great organization, and I'm honored to wear it. But something like this, where a lot of you guys, Emily, Fox down there, have taken what was a horrible tragedy, the loss of Richard, and made it into a positive, creating this foundation to help families that deal with sudden loss. That is just awesome. And we talked about getting a bow tie, and we pulled it off, and it's going to be something I'm really proud to do, just to raise awareness for that foundation, which is doing great things, and do it with the Rangers playing. And one thing that was interesting, Evan, when... We figured out that we were going to get this tie together. We knew we'd be ready late in the season. But, of course, at the time, I don't remember exactly when this was. The Rangers were not in the race. Right. And I was kind of thinking, man, I hope they sort of get in the race so this will be something that happens. And then, of course, we needed the schedule to work out, television schedule, where I'd be assigned to a game of theirs late in the season. And all of these things happened. So, yes, I'm going to wear that Saturday. And the tie actually is really cool-looking. And I'm just honored to do it. It is really cool looking. People can actually get the tie for sixty dollars. I'll I'll put up the uh, the link for all of that and a picture of the tie. And, and we appreciate you doing that. We appreciate you spending some time with us today. I'll see you Saturday. You'll even have the pleasure of seeing Kevin on Saturday. But uh, no Barry Horn. We don't let him out of Dallas County. But here, but, but here's the good. That's a good. That's a good thing for you, Kenny. No, 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 no. no. Hey, I look forward to seeing you guys. Thanks, Kenny. Thanks again, man. Be well. Take care. And for, uh, upon further review this time, we'll just sign off real quickly. Is that it for us? No, no. I I still have, I wanted to ask Kenny a question. You didn't let you box me out. Did you get any tips from Kenny before you went on the air and uh, was kind of a sideline reporter for the Rangers last week? Did you you get any tips from Kenny? Clearly not. I mean, he's sartorially blessed, and I look like a big fat slob on TV, but... I did my in real best. life too. 
We're right all right, back let's, in there. All right, let's go. Let's talk, let's talk a little more Rangers. Let's okay. talk about the series in uh, Oakland that begins Tuesday night, tonight. Why? Why not look ahead to the Astros this weekend? Because the, uh, because the series in Oakland matters. All yes. games matter. Thank you, Barry. It does. Is that like a, an all lives matter? Is that your response? To all that? games matter. Okay. Yes, because I just I don't want us to look past the, these three games. Well, I, they're obviously you know Houston won three or four against Oakland, uh, and and got themselves back on track. And, and the Rangers need to go out there, and they need to win the first two games because they face Sonny Gray on Thursday. Sonny has handed it to them all year. If there's been one place where the Rangers have really struggled, it's that you know they faced Felix five times. They faced Uakuma twice they faced Sonny Gray three times and obviously they faced Keiko five they faced a lot of really good pitchers inside the division the Astros on the other hand have faced Uakuma once and Felix once they have not had the same number of matchups against premier pitchers okay that explains those two clubs but why can't they beat the Angels either yeah uh, that's a good question and, and you know you look at but I will also say this Kevin if you look at April okay the Rangers were I believe uh, I'm, I'm going to get this wrong at this point, but they were, I think, six and thirteen against the AL West in April. They're twenty-four and twenty-three cents. Yeah, they, they've been five hundred against those guys, and, and actually have a winning record against Oakland since the All Star break. Yeah, they, they, they have they have played okay in the division since the All Star break, and extremely well against Houston since then. Uh, the question I've got going into the series now is: you've got lefties in the first two nights. You've got Nolan, and then you've got Dubron. And that means, I assume, Mike Napoli is going to play left field in Oakland where you've got a lot more room to cover, you've got more wind issues, uh, and and so you're and you've got a lot of foul ground there too. So you're going to be giving up even more defense on that side to get those three at-bats from Napoli. But we've seen what he's done offensively, 42 runs, and they're 5-4-1 and four and one in the five games he started against left-handed pitching. And it's such an adventure to watch him out there. It's... It is uh, adventure is a, is a nice way to put it. Yeah, it is, and I it, it also makes you wonder. Okay, the, let's say they go to Toronto in the first round of the, of the playoffs, and they face Mark Price and or Mark Price. He was a great shooting guard, David Price. They <laughs> face <laughs> David Price and Mark Burley uh, in, in the first two games. You've got lefties. What do you do in left field? My, my question for him is not some. I, I look. I don't think he's uh, has he cost them one run in the field. So far, I think I, cost, I, I think yeah. you could you could make the argument that he's cost I believe one run. Yeah, yeah. So he, he's he's certainly on the plus side of the ledger. Uh, from Without the, a doubt, that, there's no question about that. I don't have a problem with that. I do have something, and this is what I asked Jeff Bannister about: was do you have a problem with that degenerative hip condition of him playing so much in the field and running around so much out there? Well, listen. This is a guy who's on a one year, who's at the finishing up a, a contract. So what you're saying oh. is, like, just go ahead and ruin him. Well, well, what was Jeff Bannister's <laughs> response? His his response was, I'm I'm concerned about all these guys at this point. It was a typical manager. All response. people matter, right? All people matter. But the bottom line is, there at this point in time, you're looking at assets and how long you control them. And he is not the Rangers. He is not the Rangers' oh. issue. That is Long really cold. Evan, Mr. Cold. Are you trying kid. to get the most that you can out of the pieces that you've got? I mean, wow. so, so basically, you were the guy telling the Cowboys last year to run, 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 Demarco Murray, because you're not going to resign him anyway. Correct. And and look and look what's happened to Demarco Murray. Yeah, that, 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 how, did, how did that work out for worked me? Worked out pretty well. Okay. So what you're saying is that next year Mike Napoli's career is goes in the tank. No, I. You know what? There will I be no career think, next year. Yeah, I, right. I actually think it won't be surprising if Mike Napoli ends up back here next year. Really? Yeah. I. You know, you look at. We're getting ahead of ourselves, but you look at. Let's go ahead. Mitch Moreland is going to have more trade value than he's had the last couple of years. He's going to be going into his year, his free agency year, 
Uh, you are a little bit left-handed. If you're not going to be able, if Josh Hamilton's going to be your left fielder, or Aye. if Joey Gallo is going to end up being your left fielder, you sure could use another right-handed bat. And if you, I'm not advocating for trading Mitch Moreland, but I think you certainly have to. You have to be willing to listen if those ideas come about. You've got to be willing to move all, all right, pieces as long around. As we, as, Barry, go ahead. As long as we're talking about next year, who's the free agent out there you'd like the Rangers to sign? Alf, is, is, there, is it an outfielder? Is there a guy, is a right-handed, a, is there a right-handed bat out there? Is there a free agent out there I'd like the Rangers to sign? Right, a right-handed bat. Are, or what, are you getting at Cespedes? I, would that would that no it wouldn't be for me because I think Ugh. you'd be overpaying for him and I also think and and, and the guys on on the MLB network on on SiriusXM were talking about this earlier in the week and I, I tend were, to agree were you with on that show no I was okay. not but I actually was listening in the car and they were talking about look this is a guy who for some reason New York seems to be a good fit for him he has really blossomed in New York I think it, he, he likes playing in the lights there it's it, it's a good atmosphere for him who would you like to see now well, you well, hold us, on, before we go away from Cespedes can I just say something okay but in for you just a second uh first of all I really like Cespedes I think not only is he a good offensive you player, just like saying Cespedes. Cespedes he's really good in the clubhouse too he, he now that's another good part that's to me that's always a factor for the Rangers is that they they, they have such a good clubhouse you don't want to be bringing in guys who are, are disrupting anything you can tolerate one bad guy but uh it's all be. about the algorithms and the run sequencing and differentials wow, wow. listen uh, to you okay that but, was but said any, with sarcasm I know I know that but but here's the thing I I, I don't think that's a bad move uh, uh, said that is the one that's the one kind of guy I could see Bring it because because what we just talked about you're going to have to make room for somebody at this I, I, point. Here's but he's he's 31. We think <laughs> he's 31. You're, you're basically looking and you're looking at a six year deal probably at this point. You're looking at another Shinsu Chu on the other corner. Can you say Cespedes and Shinsu Chu in the same sentence? I'd like yeah, to hear Cespedes that. and Shinsu Chu in the same album. You said Shinsu Chu. Shinsu Shinsu Shinsu. I think that was a I, knife. I, I think, I think it was a set I of think, knives. I got I think one. Steve, I, think, I think Steve Busby and Tom Greve will be lobbying hard against that. Yes, I, I I, so if too. I were the Rangers, I would not be plumbing the Who free would you agency want? market. No, so you don't want you. They don't need to go out and add anybody. Is that what you're saying? No, I would be looking to trade. I would be looking to trade for yet another pitcher for the starting rotation. And again, my first phone call would be to Billy Bean and say, "How stupid do you want to get this offseason? Uh, and see if he'd be willing to trade Sonny Gray. Wow. Um, and. That's the guy I would go after. Um, so, if so not, if, if they not, get Sonny Gray, tell me that rotation. If they get Sonny Gray, tell you that rotation. Yeah. Okay, that rotation would be hopefully by the end of April: Darvish, Hamels, Gray, Holland, Perez. That's pretty good. Potentially well, Colby, and or, or, or would they have to give up any? What would they give up? For? Oh well, I think if you wanted to get Sonny Gray, you would have to give up Joey Gallo. And you do that? I would do that. You know, I'd do that too. I would do that too. You'd probably have to give up Joey Gallo plus, but I'd 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 make that deal. Just because uh, and, and just of all to, the left-handers. Just to wrap this up uh, before we go, the other guy that I would certainly be looking at is calling David Stearns, the new GM in in Milwaukee, an NBA player. About, uh, you want an NBA player? Uh, talking about uh, no. Jonathan. Oh, he's this eighteen-year-old who just got the job in Milwaukee to replace Doug Melvin. Okay. Correct, Jonathan Lucroy, the catcher, because I think catching. Listen, I think Chirinos did a fine job. But also, he's he's been hurt for the last two months, right. and I don't know that he's a guy you can count on for 100-plus games as your catcher. So, uh, Lucroy, I think, would also fit the mold that Jeff Bannister would like behind the plate of a really tough Russell Martin kind of guy. 
those would be the two guys that would be at the top of my list. Does that does that answer your question? Yeah, it does. Thank you. In a very roundabout way. Roundabout way. Okay. And I think it's time to go because I just saw our producer Brian Ellis yawning. So it's it's probably time for us to sign off. Well, on Barry taught. So that's all. All right. Well, on that note, we will sign off. Say, let's say thanks again to Kenny Rosenthal of Fox Sports. Mucho thanks to Kenny Rosenthal from Fox Sports. He's not listening anymore anyway, so it doesn't matter. Say what you really think of him. Goodbye, Barry. Bye, Evan. Bye, Kevin. Bye, guys. <laughs>